0: Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. I want us to look at these scriptures, uh, and I want us to notice again here today, and I'm just going to show you some some scriptures that are really going to be kind of saying the same thing over and over again, because I really think that's how we how we get it, when, when you see that this is really all over the New Testament, this truth that the Holy Spirit has replaced the law of Moses in this new covenant, and that you can never mix the law which is performance and self-effort with living by the Spirit of grace or living by the grace of God, you see. You see, and and remember, this applies to every area of the Christian life. Now, look what he says here in uh, Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Praise God. He says in verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, let's stop right there, and let's break this down. He says, Christ has redeemed us. The word redeem means to buy back. It means that Jesus has purchased our freedom from what, guys? From the curse of the law. Now, stop right there. That's a very strong statement. That's a very strong statement, guys. He says, he says, the law, and this is referring to the law of Moses, he's saying the law of Moses was not a blessing, guys. He's saying the law of Moses was a curse. And you're like, what, Alex? Why? Well, hold on, guys. What we shared with you last week, if you remember, if you haven't listened to that sermon, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to it and check that out. We were sharing with you, that there's nothing wrong with the law of Moses. You see, the law of Moses was given by God. It was given through Moses and, and, and the law of Moses, guys, is not just the Ten Commandments. The law of Moses includes the Ten Commandments, but it's a sum total of 613 commandments. Now, now there's nothing wrong with the law of Moses, but remember, you gotta understand the reason for why the law of Moses was given. You see, God gave that law not to make anybody holy. God gave that law to show us our need for a Savior, and so the law of Moses is a curse. Why? Because it's an impossible standard. Because when you are operating in this pattern of the law, which again is self-effort and performance, that's you uh, trying to do stuff to get God to do, it's you trying to work to be righteous, it's you trying to work to get healed, it's you laboring uh, to get delivered. You see, uh, when, you, when you're when you doing that, you're operating in the, in the pattern of the law, and the pattern of the law, guys, is a curse. Why? Because it's an impossible standard. You see, because the standard of God is perfection, and because you and I uh, can never perform enough uh, to to be in right standing with God. Because why? Because that would require us to be perfect, guys. And so the law of Moses is a curse. The word curse, it means it's the empowerment to fail. Someone who's operating under the curse is a person who's always struggling, who's always striving, who's always performing, but no matter what you do, it's never enough you never really kind of get ahead. You know, you you might overcome one thing, but then there's ten other things that crop up. Well, guys, I want you to notice that is operating under the curse. That is operating under the curse. So the curse of the law is, I'm always performing, and it's never enough. And notice, glory be to God, that Jesus, guys, has redeemed us from the curse of the law And he's because he says, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That's referring to the cross. And so glory to God. On the cross, what Jesus did, guys, was on the cross, Jesus took all of our penalty for our inability to be able to perform up to the standard of God. Glory to God. And what he's done is, he has delivered you and I from uh, the obligation of needing to perform. He has delivered you and I uh, from uh, struggling, striving, and performing to try to get stuff from God. And what has he done? Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so notice, we've been redeemed from the curse, the empowerment to fail, and what we've received was the blessing of Abraham. Now the word blessing here, this word blessing here specifically, refers to the empowerment to have good success, guys. It's really the empowerment for you to have good success in every area of your life. And so, in Christ, I want you to understand you are blessed. In fact, I want you to say this out loud right now. Say, I am blessed. You see, the blessing has nothing to do, guys, with your circumstances. No, uh, the blessing, guys, is uh, the empowerment to be successful, the empowerment to be victorious, the empowerment to overcome. Uh, the blessing is really what makes you a master over circumstances. Now, how did you get the blessing? Did you work for the blessing? No. The blessing, guys, is the result of the grace of God. And I want you to notice something very interesting now, because remember, the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, takes the place of the law of Moses. And so notice, how did you get the blessing? He says, let's read it again, he says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and watch this, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so notice, the Holy Spirit has taken the place of the law and glory to God and the Holy Spirit is uh, the one who imparts the blessing of God. The Holy Spirit is uh, the one who, who, who positions you to be able to overcome. Are you guys catching this? And so you've received the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, you've received the blessing, the ability to overcome. In fact, I want you to look at it Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Glory be to God. Look at this, guys. Verse 3 here says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this now. Who hath, that's past tense, guys, who has blessed us, with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are blessed. Glory to God. If you are in Christ, I want you to understand, the Bible says you don't have some of the blessings, guys. No, he says he's blessed you with all spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, you say, well, Alex, what is a spiritual blessing? Well, guys, the spiritual blessing is the root of, For the natural blessing, glory to God. You see, because remember, we've shared with you last week as well our spiritual anatomy, guys, that what we are is we are a spirit. You are a spirit. Man is a spirit being. You see, uh, I want you to understand, man, you're not your body and you're not your soul. No, what you are is a spirit. You see, you possess a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a physical body, but what you really are is a spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit, and uh, that's John 4, 24. You and I, we were created in the image of God, and so what we are is spirits, and so, in your are born again spirit, I want you to understand. Who you are in your spirit. That's the new creation. That's what the Bible is talking about when he said that those who are in Christ, they're a new creation. Glory to God. It's not talking about your body. It's not talking about your soulless realm. No, it's talking about your born again spirit. I want you to understand, friend, in your born again spirit, you already have every spiritual blessing in the born again, in your born again spirit. You're already loaded and coded with potential. You're already loaded and coded with the ability to live the victorious life. You're already loaded and coded with everything that you will ever need. Now watch this. In this grace life, our job is not to try to get God now to bless us, guys. Our job is to live in a way where the spiritual blessing can begin to outwork itself, glory to God, into the natural. You see, you see, everything in this covenant of grace, it starts within, in your spirit and what it's going to do is thank you lord it's it's going to work itself out through your soulish realm that's when you begin to renew your mind and in in the word that's when you begin to uh, get into agreement with what god already says is true about you in his word it outworks itself through your soulish realm glory to god so that it can show up in uh, the natural and so uh, the grace life is lived from the inside out you see you can check yourself if you're operating in the pattern of the law, when you're working, in a sense, from the outside in. In other words, well, Alex, I believe that I'm righteous when I'll act righteous. Well, that's backwards, guys. That's, you know, that's the pattern of the law. <laughs> you see, because unless you believe that you're right now righteous, independent of your performance, well, what, that, what, what that's going to do is, friend, it's always going to cause you to uh, perform to try to be righteous. Are you guys catching this? You see, but how many know that God said that because you are in Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? How many know that Jesus, glory to God on the cross, was made sin for you and me, guys, so that you and me, guys, so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Him? And so you are right now, if you are born again, you are right now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so you got to believe that. Because it's already true in your spirit. You see, I want you to catch the reality of this here, this morning, guys, that who you are in this, in your spirit is already righteous. You see? In fact, the Bible says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling on the inside of you and me. We've got resurrection power, glory to God, in our spirits, see? And so our job is not to try to get stuff from God, guys. No, our job is to now cooperate as the Holy Spirit wants to enable us to work out what's already on the inside of us into the natural. You see, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling means I'm working out the spiritual blessings so that it can show up in the natural. I'm working out the healing that's in my born-again spirit so that it can show up in my physical body. I'm working out the righteousness in my born-again spirit so that it can show up as the fruits of righteousness, which is holy character. You see? And so you always begin with what's already true about you in your spirit. And so how do we do this? In a very practical sense, that's what we're asking. We're asking the question... How do I live this life of grace, Alex? And the answer, once again, guys, is, by cooperating with what the Spirit of grace now wants to do. You see, you see, we must let the Spirit continue the work that He started out in us, when we got saved, when we got born again. And now watch this. Any time, listen to me very closely now. Any time that we now try to mix in our own performance, our own self effort, to maybe try to get the blessings, you know, let's, you know, let's throw in some performance and self effort, man, you know, uh, just to kind of try to get the blessing. Any time we're doing that, or, or man, let me just kind of throw in some performance and self effort, just to make sure, you know, I'm in right standing with God. <laughs> Praise God. You know, uh, Alexander, I understand what you're saying, man, but you know. Uh, I just really want to make sure and so let me just throw in some performance to try to make sure I'm okay with God. Now every time we're doing that we're actually cutting short the work of the Spirit of Grace on the inside of us. You see the way this works guys we've shared with you before is that anytime you're trying to rely on yourself Holy Spirit is going to take a back seat, and He'll say well okay I'm going to let you try to do that. And, and he's just going to wait. He's just going to sit back until you finally realize, man, I need you, Lord. <laughs> you see? You see? And so, and so, how do we do this in a practical way now? I'm 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 trusting that you guys are catching me. I'm I'm trusting that everybody's still on the bus here with me. <laughs> okay. Now now let's try to make this really really practical. Alex, what do I do? Alex, how do I live this out? Well, guys, here's what we do. Our role now is to learn to be receptive. I want you to take note, note of that word receptive. To have receptivity. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, hey, Lord, you know, I'm going to do all these things for you. No, 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 no. Receptivity is, I'm going to take some time every day where I'm going to get quiet, where I'm going to take some quiet time. In fact, you will find that is very crucial is, is to have some daily quiet time so that you can be receptive to the Spirit of grace. And what you want to do is you want to ask Him, Lord, what are you speaking to me today, Lord? You see, it, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a thing where you're just really kinda gonna have some alone time with God and, and you're gonna just listen to what He's speaking to you. You see, you guys remember remember we, we shared with you that this grace life is the spiritual life. It's the spirit led life. And so our role is we we must learn to become receptive and yield to what the Spirit of God wants to do in us and through us. And then what we got to do is we got to follow His promptings. That's obedience, guys. You see, obedience is still very important under this covenant of grace. But obedience is not you being obedient so that you can be okay with God. No, it is simply God uh, uh, leading you and guiding you into what He wants to do in your life. Remember, guys, thank you, Lord, we shared with you, you know, there's still consequences for what we do. You can either be aligned with what God wants to do in your life, or you can be misaligned with what God wants to do in your life. That's when you read in Scripture about the reward of the inheritance in Colossians chapter 3, I believe verse 24, where he says the reward of the inheritance. You see, the inheritance has already been made available to you. The blessing is already available. Uh, Everything you need is already available. Now, your job is not to try to get God to do it. Your job is not to try to perform so you can qualify for it. Glory to God. No, your job is, well, let me align myself with what you want to do in my life, Lord. And so that's going to take some receptivity. That's going to take some yielding. And what does it mean to yield to the Spirit of God? Well, to yield is literally to let let the Holy Spirit go first. You know, just like in traffic, when you're yielding, well, what are you doing? You're letting the other car go first. And so, in the same way, what we got to learn to do is to yield to what the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. And what this comes down to, guys, is... That rather than trying to use our faith to try to get what we want, catch me now, child of God. And, and, and I want to say this too, thank you, Lord. You know, you, if, if you're using your faith to get something you desire, whatever the case may be, that you know, I, I guess that's okay. There's not necessarily something wrong with that. But I think what we're trying to do here, guys, is, is we're trying to go a little bit deeper. I think what this comes down to, guys, is is maturity, spiritual maturity, to where rather than I'm going to try to use my faith to get what I want, or whatever the case may be, what I'm going to do is I'm going to authentically seek the will of God for my life. I'm going to authentically seek... The will of God for my life, for every area of my life, for every relationship, where it's like I get to a point, and guys, this took me a long time to get to this, I got to tell you, or where I finally, where you finally get to a point where you're saying, man, Lord, I just want what you want. (laughs) Lord, you know my heart, you know my desires. I believe you gave me, you gave me these desires, but Lord, I just want your will to be done. That is a very powerful place to be, guys. You see, sometimes it can be scary to authentically surrender to God's will for your life because you're like, well, Alex, well, praise God, Alex, what if, uh, you know, what if God wants something that I don't want, you know? <laughs> you know, what, what if the will of God for my life is not what I want, you know? And so, okay, hold on. What you want to understand is, first of all, when you're surrendering to the will of God, you're not just surrendering. It's not, just, it's not this passive thing where you're saying, man, whatever happens I think is going to be the will of God. No, you want to understand that the will of God for you is for good. Glory to God. You want to understand that God said in His Word that I know the plans that I have for you. Glory to God. Plans to give you a hope. Plans to give you a future. You want to understand that the will of God for your life is always going to be for your good. You see, and so when you surrender to the will of God for your life, you're surrendering to to what God wants to do, and you're knowing that it's going to be good, you see? And here's another thing that happens, too, is that the more that He works on the inside of you, guys, the more that, that the Holy Spirit molds and shapes you from the inside out, what happens is that the will of God for your life, well, that's going to be your will, too, <laughs> you see? Uh, you see, because remember... Your will is located in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your soulish realm. And so the more that you allow the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of you, He's going to bring your mind, your will, and your emotions into alignment with what He wants to do. And so, and soon what happens is that God's will for your life is going to become your will. You see, He changes your desires, remember? And so, and so what you're doing in this life of grace is is it's the opposite of self effort and performance because you're always saying lord i yield to what you want to do in my life today holy spirit have your way in my life today holy spirit have your way in my health have your way in my relationships have your way in my finances holy spirit have your way in my business you see you're yielding to what the spirit of god wants to do in your life knowing that you're starting from a place of victory knowing that jesus already purchased the victory jesus already purchased your healing jesus already purchased your deliverance jesus already already purchased your soundness, you see, but what you're doing is you're not going to try to control how it's going to show up in your life. No, you're going to surrender. You're going to yield to how God wants to do it. You see, you see, and that's trust, guys. And that comes out of your relationship with God. I will submit to you guys, a person who doesn't have a personal intimate relationship with Jesus is not going to be able to do this. You see, because it it comes out of you trusting God. And guys, the, the the cornerstone of any successful relationship is gonna be trust. You see. You see, I can surrender to the will of God for my life because I trust him. You see, I trust him. And when you're living in this place, guys, what happens is that you're also gonna be able to discern the difference, and this is huge, between a good idea and a god idea. <laughs> glory to God you see there's a difference between okay this is a good idea and glory to God this is a God idea you see you see and so you don't want to just go with a good idea no glory to God you want to you want to listen uh, uh, to the Holy Spirit you want to listen to your unseen partner because he's going to give you some God ideas you see he's going to give you some ideas that aren't just good but that, that are, are going to be a glory to God anointed because it's a God idea you see that's where you want to live. You see, and so rather than you coming up with a plan and then asking God to bless it, what you're doing is you are surrendering to, Lord, what do you want to do in this situation? Lord, how do you want me to handle this situation? And so that is how you live this life of grace, guys. And so rather than making it all about principles, what happens is, The grace life becomes about relationship. Now, there's nothing wrong necessarily with principles. It's important to understand the principles that are behind faith. I think that's really important to understand. It's important to understand certain principles about giving and receiving. But you see, when you're living this grace life, you're not just operating principles. No, what you're doing is it all flows out of your relationship. Guys, I want you to understand, if you focus on the relationship, the principle will take care of itself. You see... You see, you can have a principle without relationship, and what happens is, most of the time, that becomes works-based, or what you can do is, you can focus on your relationship with Jesus, you can focus on your relationship with the Spirit of Grace, and what happens is, the principle is going to flow out of your relationship with Him. You see? And so, when you focus on your relationship, that's automatically going to lead to you being in His Word. It's going to lead to you having some quiet time. It's going to lead to you praying. It's going to lead to you uh, talking to Him. You see, it's going to lead to you having a, a regard for God.